Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Claire Marquick, and this is Real Life Business. Welcome to the Real Life Business Podcast, the show that helps you juggle your business with everything else going on in your life. I'm your host, Claire Marquick, accountant and business coach, supporting you to grow a business that meets the needs of your life rather than taking over it. If this sounds good to you, then I invite you to check out the Real Life Business Hub at www.reallifebusiness.com.au forward slash hub, where we have conversations like this all the time. But for now, let's get on with the episode. We are at episode number 27 of the Real Life Business Podcast and today is a solo episode where I want to talk about one of the buzzwords that's really been floating around a lot over these last couple of years, resilience. There is so much talk about resilience, your personal resilience, community resilience, business resilience. It's a buzzword that we all know about, but what does it actually mean? And how do we even make sure we're it? The Google definition of resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulty or setback or the ability to bounce back into shape. Synonyms are words like flexibility, pliability, elasticity, durability, adaptability. I think it's pretty safe to say we heard examples of all of them in the stories that we heard last week from Jai Long. He, he talked about the concept that what really sets a successful entrepreneur or a successful business owner apart from anyone else is their belief or their understanding, I guess, that things are going to go wrong. We can't protect ourselves from things going wrong. Like there are always going to be things that happen that are out of our control and our success comes down to how well we adapt to those, how flexible we are, how pliable we are, how durable we are in terms of how we respond to those situations. So over this season of the podcast, I'm going to be unpacking the buzzwords. You know, resilience is the theme for season two. And by the end of these 25 episodes, my intent is for us to realize that we're probably a lot more resilient than we think. And we have a lot more capacity to build resilience into our business than we think we do. You know, it's not this big, scary thing that we've got to live up to. You know, we've probably got a lot more of it in us and in our businesses than than we think. So there's going to be a lot more conversations like last week with Jai and next week I have a amazing and absolutely amazing inspirational story that I don't think can epitomize resilience anymore. Um, and so we're going to learn about resilience and bouncing back and recovering from difficult situations, from hearing from real life stories, from real life business owners who have been through some pretty horrible shit, some of them, to be quite honest. But I'm not saying that we have to have gone through extreme hardship or immense trauma or life-threatening situations to be able to build resilience in ourselves or in our business. And that's not what I'm saying at all. But I want to use these stories as examples that we can each pick from and take the bits out of them that resonate with us, that are relevant to us, that we can comfortably build into ourselves and our businesses to help make them, help make us better able to weather any storms. 
So today I want to start the conversation about how to build a more resilient business. And as I say, we're going to be digging deeper into it over the next few weeks. And I want to introduce you to a new way of thinking about our business. Now, many of us, when we decide to start our entrepreneurial journey, we are the technicians, we are the craftsperson, we are the professional, we are the doer, we are the one that does the thing that we are going into business for. Typically, not all of the time, but typically, you know, we might be um, we might be a hairdresser, an accountant, an electrician, a plumber, a builder, a barista, whatever it might be. We might be that for someone else, and we might think, "Hey, you know what? I love doing this. I can. I'm going to go into business and do this for myself." So that's what I mean by technician. We are the one doing the do, and that's what that's what most of us, that's the mindset that most of us go into business as. We are doing the do. We are in action mode a lot of the time. And if we're not careful, we can kind of get sucked into this whirlwind of doing the do. And we just do what we do every day. We go to work, we open up, we do our thing, we close the doors, we go home again. And then, you know, it, it's on repeat. It's kind of like Groundhog Day. And when we're in that kind of action implementation mode, if something happens that throws us off track, it can completely derail us because it's like, oh shit, you know, like this is just what I've always done. And how do I do anything different? If I can't do this, what do I do? And so that's where we can be kind of thinking, oh shit, you know, like I, I, I need to, I need to be more resilient. And that's what I mean about, we're going to talk about different ways of thinking about our business. And this could be challenging, particularly when Let's face it, doing the do is what earns us the money. And this is that that dilemma that I'm sure you've heard about. It's spending time working on our business rather than working in it. And how do we actually do that? Or how can we sort of force ourselves to see the value in doing that when the working in is what earns us the money? Now, what I teach my clients is a way of thinking about the different modes of business action or doing the do or implementation is actually mode number three, meaning that there are two modes that we should be thinking about before we even think about doing anything. Now, this is adapted from the critical alignment model, which was first taught to me, designed by Sharon Pearson at the Coaching Institute in Melbourne, which is where I've done um, a lot of my coaching training. And it's, it's a model that talks about four modes of thinking, four levels of thinking. This is mode number one, where we're creating the big picture. Mode number two is where we're building in the structures and the frameworks. Mode number three is where we're doing the do. And mode number four is where we're building in the support around us. So let's go back to that Google definition of resilience, our ability to bounce back. It presupposes that we know the starting point, you know, to bounce back. You know, we need to know where we're bouncing back to. The capacity to recover quickly, sort of, we need frameworks, we need guiding principles, we need decision criteria, all those sorts of things we need to have in place help us to recover quickly. So where do we start? How do we start working on our business rather than working in it all the time? First and foremost, I'm going to cut to the chase and say we simply need to make the time. There is no point in our business where we'll suddenly be able to say, hey, you know what? 
Now I've got to XYZ level of customers or XYZ level of income, I've now got the capacity to work on my business rather than in it. That time is never going to come. We have to just simply decide. So I'm going to say straight off the bat right now, wherever you're at, whatever stage of business you're at, whether you're right at the start, whether you're in planning mode, whether you're a few years in or whether you're years down your business journey, just make the time, shift things around and create a couple of hours a week to simply start. Then we can shift into mode number one. And remember that was getting clear on the big picture. So Here's some things to ask yourself. There's going to be a lot of question prompts in this episode. So you might want to pause it right now and go and grab a pen and a piece of paper. So when we're talking about creating a clear big picture, we need to ask ourselves, what am I here to do? What's my vision? How do I want people to feel when they're interacting with my business? How am I going to do that? What's important to me? You know, what are my non-negotiables? What does success look like to me? Remember, that was a really big thing that came through a lot of the conversations in season one. Everybody spoke about the importance of understanding what success looks like to us because what success looks like to me could be incredibly different to what success looks like for you. Your, your main criteria might be financial. Your main criteria might be about how it makes you feel. Your main criteria might be about how much time it allows you to have with your family or how much time you have interacting with clients. Those metrics, whatever, whatever success is to you, is unique to you. But you need to be able to articulate that. You need to be able to know what that is to be able to gauge whether you're getting it or not. So that's a really big one. Think about, you know, what are my customers or my clients or my staff, what do they say about me? How do they feel when they interact with me and my business? What do I believe to be true? Get really clear because these become our guiding principles. They're they're our compass that helps to keep us on track. And I'm going to dig deeper into this in future episodes because I think particularly creating our values, they really do become our compass. And a lot of clients sort of come to me saying, you know, I just, I need a bit of help. I need a bit of guidance on how to make decisions or what to prioritize. I'm just, I feel like I'm so busy. I don't know where to put my focus. And that kind of challenge, that kind of problem is when our thinking is in implementation, is in mode three. So we need to pull back. We need to get that helicopter view. We need to look down on our business and we need to see that big picture. So that is what this first mode is all about. So mode number two is getting a bit more practical. If mode number one was qualitative. Mode number two, building in the frameworks and the structures is more quantitative. This is where we get really practical. So the sorts of things that we need to ask ourselves here is, you know, what sort of supports do I need to have in place in order for me to fulfill that vision, that mission that we established in mode number one? What are the different areas of my business that I need to be thinking about? We've got operations doing what we do. There's sales and marketing, there's finance, there might be HR and team development, there might be IT, safety, risk. 
within each of those, what is it that, you know, what are the procedures or what are the processes that I need to have in place to make sure that everything is, is ticking over just nicely in each of those sections? What can I automate? What can I systemize? All this kind of stuff, like it's, it, it's really important whether we're a sole trader, whether we're a small business with, you know, 10, 15, 20 staff, or whether we're a huge multinational corporation. It's really, really important to knuckle down on these four stages. And this section in particular is is critical because down the track, you know, this is where we set our benchmarks. This is where we set our KPIs or our metrics. This is how we measure how we're performing because we know where we started from and we know what we're aiming for. And we've got tangible things that we can actually track and measure like profit or like our sales or like our um, staff engagement score or client or customer feedback. There's, there's frameworks and there's systems and there's procedures that we can put in place within this level of thinking that enable us to track our progress over time. Now, you might be thinking, okay, this is great, but what does this have to do with building resilience in my business? Well, it enables us to organize our thinking into all the different aspects of our business. So when we have broken down um, what we do into the different departments or divisions, then when we have broken down what we do into processes and procedures, we can then take each one in turn and we can have a look and we can ask ourselves, how can I improve on this? What am I doing really well? Or where could there be some improvement? What, what am I really good at? What gives me energy? And what do I find challenging? Where can I build in safety nets? Where can I automate? Where can I build in some procedures? Do I have adequate budgets? Do I forecast my cash flow? Have I got a rainy day fund that can sustain me for two or three months if anything should happen and my revenue stops? Do I have staff that can only do one thing in my business? Is there a way that I can cross train so that, you know, if someone suddenly gets taken ill, that that one department or that one task doesn't go unloved? Like I've got people who can sort of work cross functionally. When it comes to how we earn our money, we can ask ourselves, you know, is my revenue from one or two sources? What happens if that source dries up? Where will I get my money from? Is my revenue dependent on me personally? Am I trading my time for money or have I got leveraged income streams or passive income streams? Do I rely really heavily, perhaps too heavily on one or two suppliers? What happens if something happens to them? These are, there's so many questions. We can't, we can't possibly foresee everything that could happen in each of those situations. But the more we sit down and actually give ourselves time to work through some scenarios and to identify high risk areas in our business, the more resilient we are going to be. And the more resilient we go, the more resilience we're going to build into our business model. Because if doing this exercise, we can say, holy shit, 
Um, you know, I, I really put a heck of a lot of focus on this one person. And if anything were to happen to her, I would have no clue about my business finances or that one supplier where I get 80% of my um, stock from, which gives me 80% of my revenue. What would happen if anything were to happen to, to that supplier? What would that mean to my business? What therefore can I build in? Do I need to find another supplier? Do I need to lock in some contracts? Do I need to, you know, the, this is what I mean, like all these questions we can start to ask ourselves when we start looking at our business from a different lens rather than just doing the do every day. Now you might be sitting here listening to this going, oh shit, you know, like this is, this is just too scary. Claire, stop talking. I'm just going to go back to doing the do. And look, you can do that. I'm not saying that you have to do any of this whatsoever, but I'm also not saying that you have to have answers to all of these questions. It's just simply a case of identifying some high risk areas because let's face it, awareness is key. When we know about it, we can track it, we can measure it, and we can start to think about ways that we can mitigate it. We don't have to write it down and think, oh shit, and then have it have a solution fixed by the end of the day. That's not what this is all about because that's just going to create a whole heap of other stress. It's just about identifying areas that could potentially bring us challenges. Remember what we said right at the start and what Jai Long was saying in the episode last week, we have to expect things to go wrong. We can't have 100% of our revenue coming from one supplier and just think everything is going to be dandy and not expect anything to go wrong. That is just that it's just almost childlike thinking. We have to have contingencies. We have to have backups. And the only way that we're going to be able to put them in place is to sit down and spend the time and review each area of our business. Okay, so let's just recap. Mode number one, we have looked at the bigger picture. We have looked at what our vision is, where we're heading, how we're going to get there, our mission, what our guiding principles are, our values. We've looked at our beliefs, our standards, our expectations, the things that we believe to be true. All of that is part of mode number one and um, all of that becomes what guides us. I, I, I like to call I like to call that first mode our compass because when we're faced with a decision, what I sort of advise my clients and what I do myself is to kind of just is to reflect and just go, okay, well if we did that, how would that align with where we say we're heading? Is that going to move us in the direction of where we're heading? Is that going to move us in the way that we want to get there? Is that aligned with what's important to us, our values? Is it going to mean we're operating within the parameters that we that we set, the way that we want to, the way that we want to roll, the way that we want our customers to feel, the way that we want our staff to feel? Is making this decision going to keep us in alignment with those things, or is it going to shift us off track? If it's going to shift us off track, that doesn't necessarily mean we don't do it. It just means that we have to ask ourselves another round of questions. What's that going to mean? What systems and processes are we going to need? Are we going to need extra people in our team? Are we going to need extra, you know, um, specializations within our team? This working on our business, asking these questions, this reflection, this isn't a sit down 
and do it in a couple of hours and it's done type task. This is a continuous, ever, ever lasting thing that we have to do. It, it never stops. These questions, this reflection, this review, this debrief, whatever you want to call it, this is what we need to be doing all the time. And if we're not, that is when we run the risk of things really knocking us off course because we are just going to be blindsided. We are going to be clueless. But if we're constantly asking ourselves these sorts of questions, then whilst we can't foresee what's going to happen, we can sort of say, ah, okay, right, that supplier's gone bust. All right, well, we did sort of have a think about this and remember that's why we've now got XYZ supplier on on board as well. So, yep, that's going to be a hit, but because I forecast my cash flow, I know that we're going to be able to, we'll be able to ride it. We'll get extra stock in from that new supplier over there. It'll be in in a month and we'll be good to go again. So that's the kind of thing that I mean. It's not going to stop things happening, but it's going to help us weather the storm. So we've got mode number one, building the big picture. Mode number two, setting the structure. Then we come to mode number three, which is where we started, which is actually doing the do, um, doing what we do. And the kinds of questions that we can ask ourselves here are things like, how easily do we do what we do? Is our current way of working sustainable? Is it scalable or are we going to hit a natural ceiling? Are we constrained by hours in the day or do we have leveraged income or passive income coming into our business? How can we improve what we do? Where are there efficiencies that can be made? Is this way of working even what I want to be doing? There's so many questions. There's so much reflection. And guys, this is working on our business. This is what this is. There's no right or wrong. It's just asking ourselves questions and coming up with answers. It's not a set and forget. It is a constant, continuous task. And I like to I like to think of it on 90-day cycles. So let's, at the start of each quarter, let's assess where we're at. Let's decide where we want to be at the end. And then we can, um, we can track and we can monitor our progress as we go. So by now, you could be feeling pretty exhausted from all these questions. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty exhausted from reciting them all. So that leads really nicely into the final mode, the final area of thinking, and that is building in the support. We do not have to go through this alone. How many times have we heard that? We don't have to go through this alone. So we need to be asking ourselves, who is in our support tribe? Who do we vent to? Who do we seek advice from? Where do we go for guidance? Where do we go for qualified advice? Where do we go for feedback? If we've got a team, how do we support our team? How well do we know how we each operate best? Do we know how everyone in our team likes to work, likes to be communicated to? What training or upskilling could be provided for ourselves or for our team? Where do we get feedback from? And I'll put a caveat on this. It's where do we get feedback from that counts because there will be a lot of spouses, a lot of mums, dads, family members, best friends that are great at giving us advice and telling us what they think about what we should be doing in our business. But we need to be really careful about who we are listening to. When I said before, where are we getting qualified advice from? Is our mum, whilst they might be fabulous for emotional support, have they 
have they succeeded in business in the way that we want to? If they have, rock on. Mum is an awesome mentor. If not, who else can we get advice from? Who else can we seek guidance from? Who else can we seek support from? This is a really, really important element and one that can be easily overlooked because it can be thought of that, you know, to be successful, we have to be able to cope with this shit on our own. And I can tell you from my own personal experience and from speaking with hundreds of small business owners and business leaders over the last 15, 16 years of my career, nobody who is anything any level of success has done it on their own. They've had coaches, they've had mentors, they've had professional advisors, they've had all sorts of support and guidance. It is not weak to seek support. So this is a really, really important element to reflect on and to look over and to assess yourself, you know, how much support, qualified support am I getting in my business? Now, there is so much to unpack here. I have spoken a lot of words in the last 25 minutes. I've fired a lot of questions out there and given you a lot of things to think about. So if you're feeling a bit like, what the fuck right now, that is absolutely okay. I guess if I could summarize and leave you with one thing to really think about, it's that resilience isn't going to just happen in our business. We are not ever going to get our businesses to a point where they can just weather a storm on their own, whether that storm be a global pandemic, whether that storm be a literal storm that destroys our workplace, or whether that storm be a problem with our supplier, whether that storm be we lose half our staff or whatever that might be. That time where our business can just cope with that kind of stuff will never come. We have to create the ability. We have to create the space. We have to create the opportunity for new ways of doing things or new ways of thinking. So if you take nothing away from this episode other than the awareness of, right, hey, I've probably been in mode three implementation a bit too much. I'm going to create an hour a week where I can just start to ask myself some of these questions and start to reflect on where I am, what I'm really good at doing, what my high risk areas are and what support or extra help or extra procedures or extra flexibility could I build in to help mitigate some of that stuff? If nothing else, start there. And if this is all too much and you're just thinking, oh my God, I need some help, then I invite you to join the Real Life Business Hub. The hub is all about growing a sustainable, profitable business that meets the needs of our life without taking over our life. So it's all about defining what those success metrics are for us, identifying where we are right now, identifying those high risk areas of our business creating a vision of where we want to be and then filling the gap of how to get there. 
Guys, this isn't a quick fix. This isn't a listen to a podcast, make a cup of tea, sit down for an hour and bang, my business is resilient. It doesn't work like that. It's a continuous process of review, evolution, asking ourselves questions, trying things out and just keep taking one step at a time. The important thing is the awareness. The important thing is we're asking ourselves the questions. We don't have to have all the answers. We just need to be asking ourselves the questions. All right. That is all from me for this episode. I trust it has been valuable. I trust there has been some things that you can take away from it and go, right, wow, I'm going to start to ask myself some of those questions and build some extra resilience, some extra breathing space into my business. I will be back in your ears next week with a fantastic conversation with the amazing Sarah Studeris, who is going to she her story is just the epitome of resilience and i just cannot wait to share that one with you so um be sure to be on deck next wednesday when that one goes live all right guys i'll be back in your ears next week until then bye bye